Okay, cool. Alright. Are you... Okay, alright. Hey, pod people. This is Doc and the Mexalorian, and we've got a special episode today. We got our friend Rowan, and uh, Rowan used to be a member of a band called Video Drone, and we're going to talk a little bit about music. And that's also Cradle of Thorns. Cradle of Thorns. Thorns, So it's Cradle Thorns slash Video Drone. Yes, that's the way. It, that's like the web page and the Facebook pages. It all say that. So oh, is it? We, okay. we go by. Yeah, it's like we we are now both the band names. Okay, so I wanted to get into your whole like the whole musical uh, journey, right? So when did you decide that music was? like the way that you wanted to go like what was it that uh, that got that those those musical juices flowing the, the juices were always there mm-hmm. uh i was just born with the juice and uh uh my mom would stick me in the bathtub and uh then she'd try to get me out of the bathtub and i'd say hold on mom i gotta show previews and then i would make a theme music as i like took my rubber shark and tossed it across the bathtub you know and uh, I'd have scenes for the next episode, and I'd do music, theme music. And okay. uh, I was like four, five years old, something like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I still, to this day, do that all by myself. In the bathtub? <laughs> yes, in the oh. bathtub with like with some of my Happy Meal toys. Oh. <laughs> and just to clarify, yeah. though, this isn't the adult Happy Meal. This is the kid's Happy Meal, correct? They have an adult Happy Meal, huh? Yeah, I saw that, that McDonald's was all out of them. Yeah, dude, they give uh, you get a Modelo with it instead of oh God, that's uh-huh. no. Yeah, it's a regular Happy Meal. a regular Happy Meal with like, oh. uh, with like a, it had adult themes. You yeah, know? I think it has like a Ronald McDonald uh, dildo, dildo or something like that. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't go to McDonald's. So. It's, it's called the ha- it's called the Hamburglar. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Rabble, rabble. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh man, I I got a grimace up my ass. Gross. Okay, go on. <laughs> Sorry. So music. I, yeah. I, I didn't get any. I didn't get any sleep last night, so I was a little cookie. This right. Um, eight thirty is kind of early for me. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, no, it's fine. I I, I ain't bitching. I I I gotta I gotta go sell my car today. So okay. Uh, after this, yeah, I got stuff to do. Because music got in the way yesterday. I was supposed to do it yesterday. And you just got the I got a, the music a, juices were flowing. Yes, the music juices not only were they flowing, uh they 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 uh flooded. All you right. could say it like that. Yeah, it was like I wrote the song, uh Wheeler and me got in an argument at work and uh so I went home on my break and I wrote the whole song. Yeah. Like in an hour. Uh, one hour. And then I came home and finished it after work. And made a video for it yesterday, and it's already up and playing. And <laughs> it's like people are liking it a lot more than my other stuff. Well, hey, is- yeah, I, I liked it. And you know what? While we're on that, why don't you go ahead and plug your um, your your YouTube and whatever other socials that you have, and then we'll go uh, ahead yeah. and move on. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. It's, it's my name, Rowan Cowden, uh, uh, Dinosaur Diaz, Deus. Dinosaur Deus. I gotta stop saying Diaz. Not Diaz. It's Deus. Dinosaur Deus, like the god. Okay. Uh, so it's not. You just type my name in, Rohan, Rohan Cowdan, and uh, type in dinosaur, and that'll pop up. 
Okay. So, uh, and that's YouTube. That's uh, Facebook. That's Instagram. That's TikTok. Uh, it's everything. It's Spotify. It's uh, every streaming app there is. Well, I'll go ahead uh, and I'll put uh, I'll put the link in the description notes. Okay, so, cool. Um, yeah, at least for the YouTube. So um, yeah, the YouTube. Uh, you can, you can. That's the best place to go, just because that's that's me, and I don't get restricted and yeah. pushed around, and everything's on there. Okay. Uh, However, the new song, I let a kid who has a new metal page for new metal bands. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's really big. It's New Metal for Life, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, they had a picture of me on there, and I I went and looked at it, and some douchebag talked shit about my band. He's like, worst band of the whole genre. That's what he said. And I said, the worst is the worst band you ever seen. Is the worst thing you've ever seen. So I took a deformed baby <laughs> and I animated it uh-huh. and I sent it. I sent it to him. It was like, is it the worst thing you ever seen there? Is it the worst? Is it the worst thing? Uh, his name was like like Buttlick sixty nine or Puke Boy sixty nine. Like, Puke Boy, Ooh, the worst thing. I thought I would be the worst thing. And it's the most horrifying thing you've ever seen, too. It's a disgusting baby. <laughs> and when you animate it, it's even better. So I, I sent it to this guy on the, the New Metal for Life and to Puke Boy 69 or whatever. And then the owner of the site liked it. <laughs> hey, like, you, can't, you can't let those trolls what? get to you, dude. You can't, let the, oh. you can't let the haters get to you. But, oh, I mean, I if just, it's going to end up... If it's going to end up it. getting the 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 uh, the yeah. weird looking <laughs> deformed animated baby, <laughs> then you know, it's plastic. Yeah. The baby's so gross. Um, okay, so real, let's go back. Let's go back to the trailers. It's about, it's about the music. Hold yes, on. let's uh, go back to so, the trailers, though. Yeah, we're there. We're there. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the, the kid. The kid. Uh, I don't know. Hold on. The 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 page site. Oh, guy, okay. yeah. the guy that runs the site he liked it he was amused by what i did uh-huh. and so uh i i started talking to him on the messenger mm-hmm. or whatever and I, and i'm telling him like look man uh sorry about saying that stuff to one of your fans or followers um all it's just bullshit because uh, we don't get any respect you know it's like and we we invented the genre you know what i mean it's like we were one of the main bands that started that whole style of music before anybody mm-hmm. and and we do get credit for it, you know. Uh, we're considered old school in the new metal, and I not that I want to even be associated with that style, you know. I don't, but yeah. uh, we were definitely a part of it and yeah. helped create it. And uh, so the kid knows who I am already. You know? Okay, yeah, and, all right then. And yeah, and I'm like, oh well, hey man, can't you just add this and that? I was trying to get him to do something for me. And he said he would, but he didn't know how to do that. I said, oh, don't you know how to do this? He thought, man, I'm only 16. I'm like, what? <laughs> he was a little kid, and I thought it was an adult that I was dealing with. Cause he's like an expert on all new metal bands. You know what I mean? And, okay. uh, like All those bands follow his page. He like knows all of them. Uh, I'm, I'm talking like Korn, Slipknot, like everybody. Yeah. And uh, the kid is so cool, man. Uh, his dad's seen us live, and like he knew everything about my dad except for a few, like the juicy details I told him, you know about how, you know we even used the the producer of all those bands. We were the first band to use him, which is Ross Robinson. 
You know, he, he did corn, he did Slipknot, he did Fear Factory, Deftones, Flint Biscuit, you know, he did everybody. And it's one of his, I think we were his second album, uh, Fear Factory. Might have been. Hey, you're, you're, trailing so, off, you're trailing off there, man. <laughs> now, now you now I don't know where the hell you are you moving? Oh my my earbuds died. Okay. Uh, yeah, my earbuds are dead. Sorry. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, actually I can hear you better. What so you took your earbuds out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can hear you better right now. So are you using your iPad or are you using Yeah, I'm using my iPad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, pad. <laughs> All right. You uh, hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, actually, you sound better. Thank you. Thank you. I, I always I like hearing that. <laughs> so. Yeah. The the ear the earbuds, uh, you sounded more distant. This, you sound, I guess the microphone's pretty good on that uh, that iPad, so. Oh, it is, yeah. It's a brand new one, because uh, my other one I left on top of my car and then drove down White Lane. Yeah. And never, never saw it. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, the, the iPad Air caught some air. It did, and yeah. it had my my Mandalorian like safety protector. So the jetpack sent it flying, and it's gone. Somebody got my great cover and my case and my yeah. iPad or my Apple Pencil. Damn, you know? dude! So uh, luckily, I just went. Uh, I left work and went straight to Apple and got uh, the Apple uh, Pro. Yeah. Uh, I- and I'll tell you right now, the air is better. Yeah. And this is this is supposed to be better. It's not. The air is so much better. And this is the Pro Max or whatever it is. Or, ugh, yeah, stupid. <laughs> the, the Apple Air is way better. Yeah. Faster. Mix. Which one? Which one do you have? I think uh, Pro. Pro. Oh, okay. Yeah. The twelve inch or the eleven inch. Yeah, that's a personal question, dude. No. I know, that's, I know. That's pretty personal, and uh, I, I can tell by eyeballing. That's a 12-er. <laughs> um, you have special liquid dips. Yeah, I don't have the liquid crystal screen. Mm. Mm. The only thing that's different besides this mouthful of... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, I might have been wrong. It's, it's 10-inch. It's 10-inch. 10-inch? They have a 10-inch? I have a... Yeah, it's not, let me see. Um, only when it's cold. I have a I have <laughs> yeah, a Palm Pilot. Got it. A Palm Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's old and of no use anymore. So. Uh, <laughs> I just got the cheap iPad version. Mine's not even the Pro. Mine's just the iPad. You got the regular iPad? Yeah. Okay. Man, you should get the Air. It's cheap, dude. I just, I just wanted something for... Uh, Filing really, and then uh, we might use it for more recording later on. Yeah, uh, I use mine for music, like everything, video, music. Like I don't even pull my keyboards out of the closet, dude. They're they're in the closet, and they haven't been out of the closet for years. Are they uh, gay? They totally are. Doing, yep, uh, yep. I believe so. I believe <laughs> my cord is sticking it in the other cords Z one. You know what I mean? That's the the keyboards just play show tunes. It's getting too hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay hey all right so let's go back you were talking about um i mean we we talked about like you doing like movie trailers and doing like the music for the movie trailers when you were a kid um and the pre- so the movie previews right okay things for next week yeah yeah um so you were 
into like movie music basically because i know because i know like the music that you play isn't like you know you're not sitting there playing like you know beethoven's fifth and and things like that well i I kind of, I, my music is even described to me from some, an outsider that doesn't know me. Uh, they described it as cinematic. Yeah. You know? And, and that's the way I think that, um, like, I think that your music kind of is, um, yeah, that's like a, a an ambiance, right? And, yeah, that, and, and would you, my, my stuff, like the stuff that, uh, like the keyboards, maybe not the rest of the music, but the keyboards have always been like movie type. Yeah. Uh, and I, I Ample a lot of stuff from movies uh, when that was okay to do, um, you know. Yeah, and a lot of people love that. It's like, oh man, that one you had Twin Peaks, man. Like I saw that whole episode. You got like most of the samples from that, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. That's great. <laughs> so when you were when you were like starting out though, like how old were you when you kind of like started getting heavier into yeah into playing music? And was it always just like that kind of like you know, um, uh, like movie trailer type music. Uh, the thing is, is I, I had uh, an A-track player mm-hmm. and uh, all I had, it was two A-tracks. I had Star Wars, the theme music, uh-huh. and I think uh, uh, the other one was my mom's, but it was like Grease or uh, Barry Manilow. Okay, <laughs> nice. So, uh, and I never, oh, and Xanadu. I think I had Xanadu. Oh my God. Xanadu. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I did have that. Uh, and that was it. I never got any other A-tracks, you know, because th- they went out of style pretty fast. Or I was at the end of that style. Yeah. And, uh, and then I didn't buy a cassette or an, a record or anything until I was like in eighth grade. And I got Weird Al Yankovic, uh, Eat It, or whatever it was. Or the one the one that had uh, uh, the safety dog, the Brady Bunch. Safety dance, you oh, know. I don't even remember Brady that. Oh you know? yeah, I'm trying to remember which album that is, but I can't. I off the top the of my Kaiser. Oh yeah. What a disgrace! Yeah. I guess Snap got too lazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I could sing the whole song to you. Yeah. I don't know how to remember it. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! Uh, yeah, and so I didn't. Ha- that was the only music that I I had was just like soundtrack music and Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, and and Weird Al's just imitating famous songs, so it's like I'm still getting exposed to what's popular, mm-hmm. uh, with just different lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and <clears throat> I loved like movie music. That's what I liked, and uh, I was already playing uh, flute uh, at school. I think I started in fourth grade, uh, and I hated it uh, because I was the only guy with twelve girls, and then the the conductor would always say now ladies <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even cute ladies it was like like all the nerd ladies You're and i was cutest one yeah i, I kind of was i kind of was <laughs> and <laughs> I, at least <laughs> thought i was no <laughs> sorry that's an inside joke you guys won't get yeah that's uh, okay if <laughs> listening then you know he'll be i like, didn't say his last name i did not say his last that's name. that's okay but, you could tell him i don't know <laughs> and then there was and there was a, a couple other ones i can i can i'm gonna take the, their names out but okay <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. i think got arrested for being like a major coke dealer in town and 
Yeah, he, he turned out real crazy. And then his cousin is one of the biggest drag queens in Bakersfield. And so all gay, I guess. All right. I, don't I think. I don't know. They, they all play tetherball. I know that. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Just an obser- observation. I was studying them in the wild. <laughs> yeah. No bottle caps. No bottle caps. Did you? Do you know anything about that? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I dabbled. I dabbled in tetherball a little bit <laughs> in, co- in college. In college. <laughs> <laughs> I'd only go there during the week when nobody was there or during the weekend yeah. and then we'd play tetherball yeah <laughs> I mostly played tetherball with myself so well that's that's a good Fun. that's one game you can do by yourself yeah sure I never played tetherball I hated playing tetherball because every time because I was so uncoordinated and this is like legit this isn't like some kind of weird whatever you were saying tetherball was but like I would my, I was so uncoordinated, I'd sit there and try to hit the stupid ball, and then all that would happen is I'd hit the rope, and then I'd wrap around my wrist, and I'm like, I hate this game, and then I'd go and try to throw it off and then get a fucking rope burn on my wrist. Yeah, I always got a rope burn, too. Yeah, no. Nah. I didn't play it very often. Yeah. Like I said, it was for girls and two guys. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyways. It really fun. It was really, it really was, and they were all clarinet players. So okay, I don't know. <laughs> I like, I like woodwind instruments. I like to blow on it. Yeah, um, pull it between my legs. It goes to the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Clarinet was there, very gay, very gay. And then I switched to trumpet uh, soon after the next year. Okay, because I, I was, I was like the worst flute player. I had great tone. But I just didn't want to be there, so I wouldn't play the songs the way she wanted me to play them. Yeah. So I was last chair or second to last chair because the the retarded girl was uh, last chair, and uh, her name was uh, uh, Suzanne, Su- Suzanne, Susan, something like that. That was her name. She wore the same dress every day. And uh, maybe she was a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> She's the main character, guys. Yep, that's awesome. That's true. Cartoon characters never change. Nope. One time when I was one time when I was um, uh, uh, I was in the sketch group. Um, and I told you about that, right? I every time yeah. we would meet, like I swear for like uh, every day, every time that we would meet, I would always wear the same clothes because I wanted to see if anybody would catch on <laughs> and like that I was like pretending to be some sort of cartoon character. And um, the only person that caught on was like the only person that I actually got along with in the uh, in the group, and, they, and he thought I was hilarious. He thought I was the funniest fucking person in the world. So, <laughs> but you don't think the other people just didn't say nothing because they thought, "Oh, Dave doesn't have any other clothes." <laughs> no, these people, these guys were, they were fucked up. They would have said something. They just didn't pay any attention to me. Oh. They're like, whatever. Like they were. We, we, I noticed shit like that. And like there's Ghostbusters shirt guy that I deliver to all the time. And every time he's wearing a Ghostbusters shirt, never takes it off. Yeah. And one day he wasn't wearing it. Like years went by and in one year he didn't wear it. And I freaked out and yeah. I said, where's the Ghostbusters shirt? Oh, it's getting washed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. There and there were certain customers like they would always wear the same thing. Like the eighty-year-old guy who always came to the door in his tidy whities and his wife beater shirt. Oh, like, see, I had mm, no shirt nope. at all. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. No, this was a different place, but yeah, maybe there was like the same same area. This is when I was uh-huh. out out in a, a different pizza place. Okay, anyways, right, back music. To, back to the music. <laughs> I switched to trumpet, and I was immediately I was a natural at trumpet, mm-hmm. and I was first chair, and then she moved me to advanced band immediately, and then I was in advanced band. I was always second chair, never quite got to first, but uh, I was second chair, and uh, I was just naturally good at it. And then one day I had the trumpet sheet music at my house and we had this old piano that nobody played. And I just started playing it by reading the music of my trumpet music and figuring it out what it was on the piano. Oh, okay. And so I started, I could read, I figured out what notes were, which notes they were. And so I could read my sheet music and, uh, based on the trumpet. And, uh, then I started going to church. And so I would have been seventh grade, eighth grade, I think. And they had pianos in every room, you know, and I just sat down and started playing all the black keys in the piano. And mm-hmm. I started writing songs all with the black notes. And uh, a couple people noticed. And one guy, uh, he was like 25 years old. He was my buddy. He's a DJ for Crab Radio or KKXX, whatever it was. Uh, and he thought he'd, he'd start playing, too. So he started playing the black keys as well. And he took my song and turned it into his song and played it for the whole church. I'm talking like 1,500 kids, okay? And I'm like, oh, that's my song. Thanks, dude. All right, that's my song. And uh, I, I was bitching about it in the back to Mavis, who was there by chance. And uh, I, I had listened to his demo tape, not knowing it was him, uh-huh. you know, uh, it was pretty good because uh, I didn't realize that it was very Led Zeppelin and police style. And uh, I didn't know that cause I didn't listen to either one of those bands. Uh, but the bass line was sick, you know, was, and I'm all, man, that bass is sick. And it was all delay, real heavy delay, fretless bass. And uh, it was very complicated music. Uh, cause it's like, kind of like rush in some ways. Okay. And because of the drummer, it was a super group. It was just three guys, and they were a super group. And, uh, but Mavis was a badass. You know, he was the lead singer and the bass player, but he was a badass bass player. Okay. What, and and what year was this? What year this was this? 86. Okay. 80, 85, 86, maybe? I don't know if I was driving yet. I might have been driving. If it was driving, I was 86. But uh, Mavis took me under his wing, kind of, because uh, he liked my taste in music, and I had a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And I convinced my dad to buy me this $200 keyboard from this guy. I'm all, and I played him a OMD album. Do you remember OMD? No. Orchest- Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Oh, OMD. No. Never even heard of him. Secret. I got a secret and I can't explain. You never heard that? No. Maybe. Oh, wow. Maybe. Huge hit. Huge hit in the 80s. Uh well, I had a CD of theirs that I won in a poker game from that radio DJ. Uh-huh. And I played it for my dad and said, I could do that. Because they were all keyboards, you know? Uh-huh. And it was just like some cheesy, like three notes, real easy. Um, well, I can do that. I want this keyboard. 
and my dad bought it for me and then i never played it i didn't play it i, I played it by myself but it, i couldn't do anything with it without a band and uh mavis started uh me and mavis started talking and we had a recording studio at the church and they let us have keys to the studio if mavis would record the choir songs for them oh, okay so we have access to this full 16 track uh reel to reel Mackie board super nice recording studio and we recorded almost every night till like five in the morning and, and you, basically i had to drop out of school because i never could get up and go to school because i was up all night recording and uh then i formed cradle of thorns you were okay and, we, and you guys were recording on tape right like the big reel-to-reel tapes right yeah, it was a, okay. it was a 16 track reel-to-reel okay which mavis just recently bought he bought the exact same machine oh cool uh, he told me this last week and uh, he has the exact same setup we had back then. And he still has the tapes that we did back then. But did you know that tape, those tapes deteriorate and you have to bake them in the oven in order to save them. Yeah. You put it in the oven, you bake them and then you get one more shot at uh, playing it. And then you have to digitally uh, copy it right then. Oh, okay. If you, if you don't digitally copy it right then you, you're going to have to bake it one more time and you might lose the whole thing. Oh, wow. It, it, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I'm like, you actually cooked the tape, dude? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's what they do. They bake it. It's <laughs> so trippy. He only lost a couple uh, parts and a couple songs. Like, a bass line was completely gone. It just disappeared because it wasn't baked right. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, yeah. Right? He yeah. took it out. You know? <laughs> he overcooked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's what I learned last week about reel-to-reels, the old tapes. I, you know, it's been 35 years at least, maybe even more, yeah. and it still has the reels, you know? Wow. And, and that's what a lot of people have. They have these reels, and they have to – they digitally remaster them, right? Mm-hmm. They got to track the digital, and the only way they can do it is they have to bake the tape. And they got one try at it, and that's it. Bake the tape, get the tracks transferred, and then you can mix it, you know? Yeah. So kind of. you you and you and Mavis are the ones that started Cradle of Thorns. No, 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 no. Uh, Chris Coles and Ty and Cob, which is Christopher O'Brien, and a guy named Jay Caruso. <clears throat> they started a band called Shrieking Clowns, and they recorded a song called "Bury Me," which mm-hmm. is a Cradle of Thorns song. Okay, it was the only song that the that was good. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I I uh, I loved bury me. I'm all man. You need keyboards, guys. Why didn't you asking me? And I'm all. You guys can have a show at my house. My parents are out of town, and we invited all these punk rockers and goths. And uh, it was in the country club on the east side. And I hit the garage door opener, and the garage comes up, and they're playing the songs. And uh, we had candles lit everywhere, and they basically had a small little concert in my garage, and. Uh, that was they only played two shows as Shrieking Clowns, and then I convinced them to start a new band, uh, and I came up with the name Cradle of Thorns, and they got a girl named Marianne who was on Bury Me, mm-hmm. and Bury Me was the shit. That song blew up, and I mean to this day that song's brought up to us all the time. It was it had a girl guy girl vocals, and it was all goth, you know, and nobody was doing goth. And like, it was getting really popular, goth mm-hmm. music. I think uh, The Cure was getting huge, and uh, fucking Bauhaus was huge. And so, was this, uh, this around 86, 87? This would have been 87, 
88. 88, 80, okay. 80, uh, and we did our first, we wrote, six songs the first week all with the same three chords because cob only knew three chords mm-hmm. and uh my keyboard parts all sounded the same and we went and recorded the whole thing uh at some studio and uh now we have a demo tape okay so you weren't <laughs> recording at the church at that time not yet not yet oh okay yet. that's that's coming uh so we did two demo tapes uh on cassette first and then uh CDs weren't uh, out yet. They were just coming out. Yeah. And I think I got my first CD uh, around then. And uh, we researched and found out we could make a CD. And no bands in town had done that yet. So we made a CD and uh, we recorded it at the church. And Mavis produced it. And uh, Mavis's band, he was in The Lonely. And uh, they recorded at the church as well. And so both of our bands put out CDs at the same time mm-hmm. from different. So there, theirs was all multicolored and packaged real cool. And ours is black and white and cellophane. <laughs> you know? yeah. It was still good, you know, but uh, you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah. You know, fancy. They paid more than us, but uh, it was popular, man. We only made a thousand copies and I still have two of them. Uh, but they're they're numbered and everything, so they're worth quite a bit if you have a copy of it. Uh, I think they're going online for like fifty, sixty bucks a piece. Oh, that's cool. You know? Yeah, um, that's in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's in Japan. So you guys are still big in Japan, huh? Yeah, it's huge in Japan. Yeah, I don't know why. So uh, at that time, you weren't like Cradle of Thorns wasn't a thing yet, right? Yeah, that's when, that's when it became Cradle Thorns. Yeah, that's when it started right then. Uh, we practiced in my living room for years. Uh, and then uh, our bass player wanted to quit to join the Mormon church to marry a girl named Tammy. And then Tammy ditched him after he became a Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had, we had to get a new bass player and then we had to get a new guitar player. And that basically became uh, the Cradle of Thorns that we were that we are. Okay. So uh, uh, we had a, our original guitar player didn't want to do it anymore. So uh, we got Dave file and he's the one that's on all the CDs. Okay. So, yeah. So and, uh, what, uh, what year would you say you guys were like officially cradle of thorns and uh, you know, as, as the current, I guess lineup. lineup yeah. Uh, well, uh, that, the, the Remember It Day CD, the first CD, uh, we did that in 1989, 1990, mm-hmm. and it came out in 1990. Uh, and we we played on that for a long time. We got a record deal with that uh, over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Coles talked to this guy on the phone and convinced him to give us a record deal. Oh, wow. And, and he did. He gave us a record deal. And... Uh, he already knew who we were, though I know it. But uh, I mean, we we were making a name for ourselves in L.A. in the huge in the goth scene. Okay. With a with a Christian Death, uh, Roz Williams, and they were a huge goth band. Uh, but Roz Williams uh, formed a, his own so, a side project band called Shadow Project, and we had the same manager, so we played a lot of shows with Shadow Project, and uh, Chris and our bass player, my drummer Chris. And our bass player, Scat, I don't know his real name. He's just named after Hannibal Poop. 
uh, <laughs> Scat, they wrote two Christian Death albums for Roz for our record company. Okay. So they paid them and they had to do it in one night. They had they had to write 10 songs in one night and record them all in one night. And they did it. And there's yeah. two, two Christian Death albums. That's my band playing all the music. <laughs> That's kind of cool, by, by the yeah. way. Not very people know that. I, I don't think we've even told anybody that. I don't think we were supposed to tell anybody that. <laughs> no. Who cares? Uh, Roz died, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, now, you guys... You would consider yourself or that the band like early on or always like goth music, or would you say we that goth. we were goth inspired? We were goth for sure. That first CD, yeah, yeah it was goth. I mean, we all that's all I listened to industrial mm-hmm. goth. I, I loved uh, that, that kind of I didn't like like the goth of today. I, I hated Marilyn Manson, you know, uh, you know, they sucked. I, I like Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that. I liked industrial music more. Yeah. than it's, it's sort of the same thing, though. It's in the same genre. But uh, we were becoming more industrial. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we had six people in the band. All six of us liked different stuff. So it really morphed into a unique sound. So like it'd be a little punk here. It'd be a little hip hop-ish. This would be like really commercial uh, alternative music. You know, Kitten, yeah, and uh, then you'd have me wanting to be darker and, you know, not so poppy. You know, it's just a big mix, a, a, a stew, you could call it, <laughs> a stew of music. And it, it, we, it came a whole style from it, you know, and it even had a little Seattle vibe to it. Uh, you know, because uh, Ty loved, stuff. Yeah, the, the, his voice had the goth and it had the yeah. <laughs> the Seattle yeah yeah I call it the Metallica yeah but it was Seattle for sure he he loved Alice in Chains oh, okay so he sounds like him on the CD not live but on the CD he definitely sounded like Alice in Chains but uh you know it, it was an interesting mix you know I don't know if uh how people took it at the time I know it grew on a lot of people and we were really good live that's really what got us where we were at you know, and uh, then we did our second CD, or our first, we got the record deal, and we did our first CD, uh, Fetus, and that that had like every song was completely different, and that got critic acclaim. It was in all the magazines. Uh, it charted in some alternative charts. Uh, uh, yeah, Flesh was on that album. Yeah, uh, and the, all those places that we charted, we'd just go play, and we'd have sold out shows and stuff, and it was, and. That was really cool at that level, you know, because usually at that level you're touring and nobody's really heard of you and you're playing for like 10 people at a bar, you know, uh, and then you're just like, yeah, that's a good show, right? Yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know, but uh, it started really taking off, you know, and then Corn started, came out and they asked us to tour with them on their first headlining tour. So we were their opening band. Uh and that was awesome. Okay, because it was like, were you, were you? Side. I'm sorry, I, I keep interrupting. But were you Cradle of Thorns when you yeah. did that? Okay. All right. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We have three albums under the name Cradle of Thorns. Yeah, and we were we were signed as uh, Cradle of Thorns when we changed the name to Videodrome. Yeah. So that was just the name change in the middle 
of the album being recorded, which I regret to this day. I regret it. It was the biggest mistake we ever made. Changing the name. But, yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. Very stupid. Uh, especially since there wasn't such a thing as a video drone back then. And now, if you type in the name video drone, you get a bunch of people's cameras flying in the air. Yeah. You know? And uh, they didn't exist yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, well, the name changed. Like, was it because like was Cradle, Cradle of Thorns just not like the image that you guys were trying to like? Uh, no, that convey was to fine. People, or? It's nobody could ever get the name right. Like, oh. it was always Crown of Thorns. Gotcha. Crown yeah. of Thorns. It's always Crown of Thorns. And then the, this Swedish or Norwegian metal band, de- like black metal or whatever they are. Uh, uh, Cradle of Filth comes out, uh-huh. at the, and we're in a magazine on the same page with them. Like they're on one cut on the other side of the page, and we're on the other. The Cradle bands, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fieldy holds it up in the the studio window as Ty's recording vocals, and, and is laughing, you know. And that's sort of what did it. It's like let's change the name. We we don't have to keep that name. We can change. This is the chance we have to change it right now, you know. Which we could. I mean, it made sense. If you're going to do it, you do it right then. You know, it's like the whole world's going to find out who we are, and we can be a different band, you know. And uh, it didn't matter because the Triple X Records uh, just stuck a sticker on all the Cradle Thorn CDs that said "Now Known as Video Drum." Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So you were saying though that Corn. Uh, went ahead and asked you guys to tour with them on their first uh, nationwide tour, right? On their head first headlining tour. Oh, okay. All right. That they, they had already toured for a year and a half straight on one, one album. Okay. And then they, they went into the studio for like a month and did the second record okay. for one month. And then they're back out on the road. And, uh, uh, they were touring with Ozzy and the Deftones mm-hmm. and, that was like every other day. And so on the off days, they play their own shows uh, in smaller theaters. And that, that's where we were uh, opening. Okay. And you guys were Cradle of Thorns at the time. Yes. Okay. And we were touring on our second album, uh, Download This. Okay. So, which was a really, it was perfect for the corn scene. It was all like rap rock kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, industrial rap. And uh, the girl was gone at this point. Okay. Uh, and we had like 20 songs. <laughs> it, was, it was good. We had a tight set. We were so good live at that point. Like we, we could blow anybody off the stage. We, we were just fucking just tight. Because uh, we'd been touring nonstop, you know, and uh, playing the same songs every night. And uh, we were just tight as you can get, you know, and we could make songs up right in front of you on stage. And it, you wouldn't even know that we just made it up, that kind of thing. And uh, we were just the best band we ever could have been or ever were, I think, was at that period. So when you, know. when you, um, b- before you were like touring with Corn and stuff, were you, was your band and Corn like, were they like, were they kind of tight? Did they, yeah. did they just know of you or you guys? Oh, all... no. John, John was one of my best friends. He, uh, he, he lived with me sometimes. He'd stay at my house all okay. the time. Uh, like <clears throat> I had like a mat 
that was on the floor or whatever for our bass player that uh, would come into town to practice. And then when he wasn't there, John would stay. Okay. Because <laughs> he is, he didn't want to live with his dad or whatever. So, uh, and he, yeah, he didn't have his own place. So he was staying at my house okay. and, uh, right up to the point when he joined corn. All right. Yeah. And, I was uh, just curious. Cause I mean, I, I didn't know if like you guys actually like hung out or if they just heard of you or like, yeah, come along. So no, we, I mean, Chris, Coles went to Highland with John and Fieldy. Uh, so two of them went to Highland mm-hmm. and two of my, my members went to Highland. Three of my members went to Highland. So they all went to Highland. Uh, and uh, fuck, uh, dude, all the celebrities that this town created came, went to Highland. <laughs> you know that it's really trippy, you know, several other people. There's a jazz musician has won Grammys, uh, same class too. That's weird. Uh, Garland Tesla works for King of the Hill. She's the executive producer or whatever now, or writer. Uh, they all went to Highland. Buck no. Owens didn't. I know, right? <laughs> I don't think he had, had to go. He probably went to Highland Elementary. <laughs> Oildale. I think all they had at that time was BHS, so. Yeah. Yeah. And South, South High. I yeah, think. maybe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, okay. Well, so the whole touring thing... I kind of wanted to know, like, what was it like the progression of, like, doing small venues and then going to, like, opening for <laughs> Corn? Like, what was well, that like? Corn and Rob Zombie. That, 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 that's an arena tour. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know I, that was, I, like, your, your peak right there. Yeah, I don't, I, and even bigger than arenas were, they call them barnyard shows. And they're basically big fields, yeah, and with like thirty-two thousand people or something, some ridiculous number, to where they had to have extra speakers in the back because yeah. of the echo. So you could see Chris hit his drum, but you wouldn't hear it for a few seconds, that kind of thing. And uh, it was it was ridiculous. Those shows suck. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the amount of people is just overwhelming. That that feeling's awesome. The way it looks, yeah, that's cool. But you don't sound good. Uh, you can't hear. Your, it's it's an awful show for the band, I would say. Yeah. And even the big arenas, awful show. Uh, those were okay. Uh, my favorite's theaters, like 2,000-seat theaters mm-hmm. or 15,000-seat, something like that. Small Smaller places. Those are the awesome. Like, we played the Aragon Ballroom. I think that's in Chicago or New York. I think it's Chicago. Yeah. And uh, that was like a the famous gangster uh, from Chicago. Uh, what was his name? Al Capone. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> that was his place. Okay. So, yeah. And corn uh, sold it out and we got that. So we played it and it was so cool, man. That place was awesome. You know? And so it place ballrooms. I, I would say ballrooms and like Fox theater size places yeah. are the, those are my favorite. That's like middle ground, right? You're like you got a couple albums out and you're getting popular. Yeah. That is a venue. Okay. Other than that, there's like clubs. You play clubs uh that are a little bigger than bars, you know. But they're they're real concert clubs, you know. We don't really have any of those here in Bakersfield. Uh we did. I'd say maybe the that nine oh whatever bootlegger bar in, in Rosedale. Oh, okay. What about Jerry? Jerry's suck. No, what, what did you say, Max? 
Yeah, I, I heard they have a great stage. Okay. Yeah. A lot of bands actually go there. Yeah, that that's supposed um, to be a good place. So this yeah. isn't anything. It's just a fucking basement. Yeah, it's just a yeah basement with like a two inch stage. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like there's the been some thing. crazy acts that have been there though. Like oh yeah, wild yeah, yeah. Just shows. because it's oh. kind of it's kind of like a hole in the wall. It's like oh, that's fuck. what makes it cool. Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly. makes it cool too. It's like uh, it, and they made it look good down there. At least it looks like a concert. Yeah, it looks so. like a club because it's not like a pizza place downstairs, you know. Mm. Um, the last like spot where it was like almost like a legit fucking uh, concert hall was the dome. Yeah. Besides yeah, probably Bank Arena, but well, the, no, the dome uh, had terrible acoustics. Uh, it wasn't really designed for concerts. Uh, my friend's the one that booked a lot of that stuff, Curtis, and. Uh, a lot of the shows, and then there was the, that little that one guy. I can't remember his name. Started with an M, I think, or something. Uh, Tim. No, Cardia did too. Yeah, but Kurt, Curtis sometimes worked for Tim, but started doing his own thing. He did Freak Fest and all those shows, and like Cottonmouth Kings and uh, Head PE and Chevelle. Uh, we we and he let my band open for him all the time. Like he loved our band, so he'd always have us open, and that was Throat Shot. Uh, it was my hardcore band. So we played with a lot of those shows. A lot of times it was at the Dome. And it was really hard. The, the, the acoustics are so bad for the sound man. He couldn't get a good sound mix until the crowd was in, in the place to absorb some of the sound. And uh, so the Dome was a little difficult. Uh, you know, I get it. I, I, it looks beautiful. You know, the place is awesome. Uh, and it has two spots that you can play. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's another thing. It had two different spots. Yeah, the bar. I, I like the bar more. Yeah, me just too. Just because, I mean, it was a little smaller. It wasn't as small as Jerry's. It was a good good spot for shows. Uh, yeah, we, we played there once. There. Huh? And we played there once with Deadsy. I uh, played, played there Harrison. many times. My biggest one was with, um, I don't know, it's a band called Alisana. And then yeah. um, Skylight Drive was there with them. It was a fun show. Was that in they, the was that in the bar or was that in the big room? No, it was in the bar. It was in the bar. It was a tight show. They were actually uh, Alessano was filming a music video, so everyone was fucking going nuts at one point. That's but they cool. said they said all of the footage and everything's getting deleted because someone stole uh, one of the band's guitars. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. There was footage of two of my band members doing backflips off the fucking like air, like one of the uh, speakers, <laughs> and just going fucking nuts the whole fucking the whole fucking show for them, and it's not on there because someone stole uh, the band Memphis Mayfire's guitar, and it's just like such shit. I had my fucking hard checked for it, and it's just like, dude, I want to. I'm fucking here. If someone's stealing your guitar, they're fucking leaving. Like, but fuck, dude. Not that bullshit. Sometimes they have it in there vehicle that's what happened to us and we caught the people though uh, a- i don't know at least because i mean it was at the end they didn't catch it at the, at the like mid we didn't get fucking questioned until like everyone was already dead. when, we when they there. realized yeah, when we were there realized. because we we're a fucking band you know we we're fucking loading up last with everyone it's like what the fuck but whatever like, I was yeah. like go go for it trust me I'm, I'm i'm i love you guys i can't do that to you I know. Why would they? And they're accusing. They're accusing you guys. Did they accuse everybody? Or no. Um. I think the main thing actually was our guitarist had a similar guitar, but the the 
real difference was color. Theirs was brown, ours was purple. Okay. It literally, it was literally a fucking big difference. But someone said we have we had a Schecter guitar, and that's what they were using. So that's uh, what we were looking for. You never found out who did it. Nah. That sucks. Usually, usually you find that out later. <laughs> yeah. Some fucking someone's playing it or some shit. Yeah, and they tell you because the band's not here anymore. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you know, so and so stole that. Oh yeah. Oh. I, I I've seen that happen a lot. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. I'm not really familiar with that band. They're not from here, or they are from Memphis, here. I think Memphis Mayfair is from Tennessee. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and then uh, Alisana. I'm not 100 percent sure. I know a few bands were from California, but not all. Okay. Um, but Alisana was the biggest one. Fucking best. Crazy. And they're, they and they're the ones. They're the ones that lost the guitar, or is the Memphis guys? Memphis. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but they were fucking heated over it too. Like, I get it, dude. They were like one of their like main guys with them, but it's like, fuck, man, that sucks. Well, now what are we gonna do? We're gonna have to buy another guitar. Yeah, borrow one of the other bands. <laughs> buy one from Guitar Center and then return it. I don't know if you're that if you're that desperate. Let's get a shitty guitar. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> isn't Dexter a, uh, a shitty guitar anyway? <laughs> I don't know. They were complaining that it was like a four thousand dollar guitar. Oh no, really? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's custom. Oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just uh, I thought that the, the name Sector I, I associated it immediately. No, I'm sure they. I think they have beginner guitars and shit, but I'm pretty I get... sure it's, it's a big brand too. To where like if people yeah. are sponsoring their stuff, they're gonna make them top of the line. You know. I get my yeah. guitar. I get my guitars at J.C. so I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Mine's hey, a first stack from Walmart. I don't. I care. got mine at the fair throwing uh, golf balls. At, Chimps. <laughs> I'm still trying to get mine from Six Flags, man. That Batman's gonna look good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really do have a guitar from the fair. <laughs> oh, shit, is it inflatable? No, it's an acoustic. Oh, okay. It, it's a piece of shit. Does it smell I like don't... funnel cakes? You earned it though. Uh, it oh, smells, that's, yeah. That it's... smell sticking to it would be sweet. Hell yeah. Oh, I think it has funnel cake on it. No <laughs> Yeah, I think Lauren had like four funnel cakes when we went. <laughs> you got you got an acoustic guitar, like they, they serve the funnel cake in the acoustic guitar. And this is the yeah. weirdest bowl, but I'll take it. And it's all small too. The guitar's like it does look like a happy meal guitar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> sure it's not a ukulele. Yeah, it's like the size of one, but it's a guitar. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It's well, just piece of shit. Yeah. You know? Let's go. I want to go ahead and and talk. Uh, let's talk some road stories, man. I want to hear some crazy ass road stories because I mean I know at, like early on I'm sure there's crazy things that happen, but as you guys got bigger and you started touring with uh, with Corn and and Rob Zombie and and by the way I went to the show that you guys had here with Rob Zombie and Corn. It was the one where Corn uh, had the cage on stage. Yeah. And uh, that was an awesome show. Like I and you know and like that. All honestly, your guys' music isn't my like. That's not my usual type of music. Like all the like all that stuff. But every once in a while, I like to listen to it. But I was like totally blown away by the whole show. So, but um, but yeah. So just tell me some some stories of. uh, I would say at that point uh, that that tour though, I think that was Corn's peak. 
yeah. when they were bigger than ever, you know, yeah. was that, it was that album and, uh, which is the follow the leader album. Mm-hmm. And Rob Zombie was really popular too with the, he had the drag Dragula. Yeah. song. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I don't have too many good stories that I can tell. Um, <laughs> uh, you can't tell. You can't tell because you're not allowed to, or uh, well, I'm not supposed to tell any of the, that kind of those kinds of stories uh, about that tour. But I can tell you some stuff. Oh, because uh, what? Because uh, it's still under investigation, or <laughs> like, it's involving other people. They have rules. You know, you know, what goes on the road stays on the road. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well then tell me just stories that are like personal for yourself. You don't have to say okay. anything about other people. Well, okay, remember the Columbine incident? Uh-huh. You know? Okay, All this right. is... Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, eggshells, man, eggshells. Go ahead. So Columbine, Columbine happens uh, while we're on tour, okay? Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I get in the elevator... With Rob Zombie and uh, Sherry, his wife, uh-huh. and we're in this elevator. And I never talk to Rob; he doesn't talk. All right, he's never around. He's always in his trailer or, or his bus, uh, writing his script for a uh, 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 thousand corpses, houses of thousand corpses. So his first movie. Yeah. So he's writing the script on the bus. So we hung out with his wife all the time, and so now I'm in the, you know, I'm in the elevator with Rob. And I'm all, and he's got his trench coat on, right? And he had his, and he was wearing, I watched him the night before and he's wearing the trench coat, you know? And so I asked him, Hey, did you wear that trench coat last night because of a, the trench coat, uh, mafia, which was the call of mine killing. Yeah. And that just happened. He's all, I wear the same thing every night. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, fuck them. Like, yeah, I just, so they stole I, I, my look. I turned around and didn't say shit. Yeah. I just offended him. I, I basically confirmed that I did not notice what he wore. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought I just noticed he was wearing a trench coat the other night. And I thought he must be the serial killers. He loves serial killers. Must be the, you know, the trench coat mafia, you know, and turns out that Rob Zombie and Corn and Marilyn Manson were all blamed for that too. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know if they'd been blamed yet, <laughs> I hope not, because that would have been even worse. Yeah. Did you wear that because of the trench coat mafia? I wear the same thing every night. <laughs> There's just silence. There's just silence after yeah. that. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Uh, all right, tell me some more. <laughs> tell me some more uh, uh, crazy yeah. stories on the road. All right, all right, all right. I'll tell you a crazy one. It, all right. <laughs> this would be. Uh, we're this. We're not in. This is cradle of fullness. Okay. So we're, I think we're in Denver and there's this girl there that threw the show. And, uh, it's like, usually when the club owner throws the show, they, they take care of the band. She had cooked us all this food, made it herself. That's great. And, uh, then invites us back to stay at her place. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, let's save us hotel money. She's supposed to, you know, get us food and uh, pay us money for a hotel. No, she, she makes the food and then invites us to stay at her house. So we get to the house <laughs> and it's like 10 dogs inside the house and the whole place is like shit everywhere. There's oh my God. Dog shit. <laughs> everywhere there's dog shit. 
like, and everything's chewed up, and there's this big giant. I'm talking not little dogs. I'm talking German Shepherd, Great Dane sized dogs with logs the size of cows. You know, it's just like huge poos. Mm. And, and there's not just poop. There's like stepped in poop and footprint poop. So even where people have stepped in it and not cleaned it up. God. And yeah, it's everywhere. So I, I go back outside and I get in the van with my roadie. I said, I'm going to sleep in the van. <laughs> and so uh, everybody else is inside. And uh, Dave File gets in the shower. And there's like this. We tell the weird girl, she's weird too, man. She looks really gross and she's weird. And now we know that she lives with shit, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and she cooked us food around shit, you know, and, uh, we know all this. Now imagine somebody lives like that, what their shower might look like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing it. Yeah. I, I can't even describe it. I just remember there was like some kind of green shit that mm-hmm. looked like that was growing and hairy. And uh, it got on Mavis's dick. I'm, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did that happen? So, <laughs> oh, man, don't tell anybody, okay? And uh, I'm telling everybody right now. <laughs> and, uh, it got on Mavis's dick. And, uh, but, <laughs> but before that, uh, they file. He gets in to take a shower. He's in the shower. And we tell that nasty girl that... Uh, that Dave wouldn't mind her taking a shower with him. <laughs> and she walked in there and tried to get in the shower with me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's like, oh, man. He's, he's like, you think the shower is gross looking. You should have seen her. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. And then Mavis gets this shit on his dick. And, and hold on. It gets even better. So that whole night ends. And then we go to Florida. About a week later, we end up in Florida. And there she is again. Oh, my God. She's, yeah. And she invites us back to her friend's place. And for some stupid reason, we decide we're going to go back. We, we're going there. And she roof, 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 roofies, roofies Ty and Chris. And now they've been roofied. You know, uh, the date rate. Yeah, date yeah, rate yeah, yeah, yeah. Roofies them. Oh, and I think she roofied Mavis, too. And, and she started touching them all. Did you feel like, left out because you weren't roofied? <laughs> I was disgusted. I was just like, oh, my God, dude. What are they doing? And then she bit a hole in Mavis's dick. God <laughs> I was like, damn. Not only has he got green shit on his dick, now he has a hole in it from her nasty teeth, snaggle tooth. And, uh, and like, she's trying to get with Ty and Chris. And then we get to her house or her friend's house as hot tub. So we all get in the hot tub. And there's, like, a table, just solid drugs, every, every drug you can imagine. And it was just like their roommate or whatever house it was his place and they have a dalmatian the dalmatian is scared to death it's under the table shaking and stuff mm-hmm. and we get in the hot tub and we're kicking it and then her roommate keeps coming in and he's all are they all ready huh? oh my god yeah Fuck. like roofied you know what i mean yeah and and then he sits in between me and david he's all scoot over guys and he gets right in between us and he's also, uh, how are y'all doing? He's super gay, okay? He's waiting for her to roofie us so he can, you know, date rape us with the Dalmatian. We find out he has sex with the Dalmatian, and that's why the dog is in trauma. <laughs> God damn, Shit. dude. I'm serious. He was he, he, he abused the dog. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. 
where was this at again? What what state? Florida. Florida. Of course. Of course. Mexican. <laughs> of course. I think I think we had. He wasn't in those news articles, man. I think he was one of those because one of those articles was some dude that was uh, arrested for or, for having sex with a dog and filming it. So. Oh yeah, oh, was oh, I thought it was a chicken. It was a chicken, wasn't it? No, it was a dog. Oh, he dressed up cock, as a dog. Cock on cock. No, oh. dressed up as a dog and then would film it, and then he was arrested. He was allegedly doing it. Yeah. Wait, but, he, he dressed up as a dog to what? Fool the dog? I don't know, man. Like that would work. Some weird stuff. I don't know. That probably freaked it out more. Yeah. yeah, but anyways, go ahead, carry on with your story. Of course, it's fine. Uh, that, that, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. uh, she tells us about how they, they have sex with the dog, and the dog was like scared to death, you know. And I was like, well, uh, I mean, I'm gonna go sleep in the van again. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys do what you got to do. Yeah, that, I had my first dog was a Dalmatian. I didn't want to fucking look Aww. at that. Thing. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> my, my my dog's name was Cannonball. That one is a uh, you know. Uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like some jokes don't need to be told. Um, yeah. yeah. That's um, yeah. That that that's. Wild. I don't know. Sorry about that. That's it's one of the wild stories I got. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. That's okay. And then, I mean, it could have gotten worse. I mean, they could have actually had sex with the dog in front of us. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I would have had to pretend I was roofied because that's, that's what he was waiting for. We had, uh, luckily, a couple of us weren't uh, roofied. Uh-huh. So uh, we were, like, sober-minded and saw what was going on. So the dude never got a chance at anybody. But he he, he was a predator waiting to penetrate. Yeah. Was, oh, God. Yeah, it was a little freaky. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Let me and, think if I have any other ones. Okay. Uh, we went to like New Orleans. Uh, actually, this story is on uh, that documentary. It's on Prime. Uh, uh, Bones of Brundage or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's pretty much majority of the stories are my band stories. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as but it's told from our our, our bass player, and uh, he left some shit out, and so. <laughs> yeah. But they and he never once said he was in Cradle of Thorns. He just tells the story. They don't realize the people watching the movie that it's our story. That he just never mentioned it that he was in the band because he was also in Big Jed and they had this, the the movies about them too. So he was representing Big Jed instead of Cradle of Thorns. But uh, he told a Cradle of Thorns story. So we're in New Orleans. We go to the uh, graveyards, right? So the graveyards are all above the uh, land. Yeah. So they aren't underground and they're fenced off by big giant walls and iron bars, complete gothic horror movie stuff. And they're locked. You're not allowed to go in them. All right. These are off limits. Not supposed to go in. These are ancient, ancient tombs. You can almost say uh, from like way back when, you know, and we fucking jump the fence and we get in there. And we're walking all around, and some of the tombs are broken open, and you can see bones and people. You know? Okay. Yeah. Ty puts his hand in there and pulls out a skull cap, and it's a human skull cap, and he's holding it, and he wants to take it. Yeah, like, no, dude, no. 
No, you can't take it, man. You got it. That's against the law. That's like a federal offense, man. You got to put that back. He's all, no, man, just let me keep it. He's all, this is awesome. This is awesome. I'm like, dude, you don't want the voodoo curse shit. And you also don't want the law. Put that thing back, man. And we made him put the skull cap back in at the tomb. Okay. So we keep horsing around and we leave. And then about a week later, uh, we're about, I forgot where we're coming from, but we're heading back through New Orleans. And he decides that he wants that skull cap. And he starts ordering us to go back to that, that cemetery so he can get that skull cap. And it ends up in a huge band fight and the band breaks up. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, violent fight between him and Chris. And uh, I, I don't know uh, if... I might be mixing up some stories. There's been so many of those crazy nights. Yeah. But I, th- I think Cole's uh, kicked Ty in the chest and Ty flew out of the van while it was like, why we were driving. Damn. Something like that is insane. Yeah. And it got pretty wild. And, and so the, the band broke up for like a, a, a day, which would take two days to drive back. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, the skull cap, all for a skull cap. And I decided that I'm not going. Oh, I went the wrong way, Ty. We're not going through New Orleans now. <laughs> yeah. You were the driver? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Were you the driver night all driver. the time? Yes, I was the night driver. Oh, okay. And then Dave was the day driver. And Ty and Chris were not allowed to drive. And because uh, Chris was scary, so scary. Like, uh, he, he drove one time and I remember waking up and we're going up an off ramp on ramp, a, a ramp. That oh, yeah. Bringing, yeah. The wrong way. Bringing, yes. Yeah. Yes. How he did that. I have no idea. You know, he just turned on it. Like he could make a right turn onto the ramp and head on up. You know, it's like, no dude, that's oncoming traffic now. <laughs> He's Oh shit. You know, it's like, oh, you're not driving. They don't know. And then Ty's awful driver, too. And uh, what's so ironic is that he's a semi-truck driver now. <laughs> That's scary. And I guess he's doing good. But, uh, you know, I, I I didn't trust his driving. So I, I insisted on driving. And uh, I was good. I, I only almost killed us twice. And I <laughs> saved us three times. We had this trailer and motorhome that was given to us. And Chris was so happy. We had a motor. Man, we could tour everywhere with this. Yeah, this sounds great. Let's go down to L.A. for our show a day early in the motorhome. Okay. So Ty comes with us. It's me, Ty, and Chris. And we're driving the motorhome up the grapevine. Oh, my God. All our all equipment in it. It's packed. And Chris and Ty are in the back of the motorhome, and I'm driving it. And the transmission totally goes out. And... Uh. It starts rolling backwards. Oh, shit. And semis are flying past us, and I'm in the middle lane. Okay? So I can't see behind me because it's packed with equipment. You know, I got side mirrors, and I got Ty and Chris in the back window telling me that what's coming. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. <laughs> hey, what's coming? Screaming <laughs> 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 and screaming. <laughs> just barely missing semis and I'm backing down the grapevine and uh, I managed to get us to the side of the road and 
on less of a slope <laughs> and uh, mm. safe. But uh, yeah, I went. I probably went about two miles, three miles down the grapevine. You know. Yeah. I get. Yeah. No brakes. God you know? damn. I went. No, I had brakes. I didn't have any way to go accelerate. Yeah. What it was, and we were, we were. I had to get to the side of the road, and it was too steep to. And I couldn't like change lanes because I couldn't see, so I had to rely on them. And all I could see is lights coming. You know, and it's hard to judge how far away they are. You know, it's it's nighttime. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was that was an adventure. And now let's ask a Brit. This segment we call Ask a Brit, where we ask three British men who represent all of England a question. Alright guys. We are Wayne, Lee, and Kempen of the Pooh Finger Podcast over in the UK. Uh, Thank you for having us on the show. And uh, we're here to answer your questions as genuine British people. 100% authentic. Yes. So I hope you... Uh, well, as authentic as we get, you know, yeah. being yeah. British, we're a big mix. We, we live in the middle of the country, for reference, uh, slap bang in the middle of the UK in a place called Leicester, or as a lot of Americans say, <laughs> Leicester. I hope our answers are sufficient and shed some light on our British ways. So the first question, is tea time still a thing? And what time is tea time? See, I would say tea time has always been a thing yeah however it means different things for different regions mm. because i was always in the impression i don't know if it's the same for you two as well that tea time was dinner time aka evening meal main meal time yeah that was i tea had time. friends that did refer to dinner time as tea time I personally never used the phrase, and my family didn't. Well, we used it either way, tea time or dinner time. But we don't call it tea time either. We'd be like, your tea's ready. Yeah. yeah your tea's and tea ready. would refer to your dinner, your evening meal. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm wondering if maybe it'd be interesting to hear their context of tea time. Yeah. Because I think some, do. not saying all Americans and everything, but some Americans think that it means the time we have actual cups of tea. Yeah, tea and biscuits. Yeah, no, I, I, cookies. I, I, I can see how say. that would conjure up yeah. that image in your mind yeah. because it's uh, yeah. quite a literal term, yeah. isn't it? It's tea time, but that isn't what we do in our country. No, no. tea time is any time you're thirsty and you want a cup of tea. <laughs> you have a brew. Yeah, which is all the time. Yeah, and, and we don't, we don't microwave the water. It no. is customary over here that if you enter someone's house, the person's house, the person has to make you a cup of tea, Legally. or offer you offer to make you a cup of tea. Mm. So if you have a worker over, like a handyman or anything like that, mm. first thing you do is, do you want a brew, mate? And you do you want to put, put the kettle on? And uh, it's just a customary thing. That's the British thing to do. Yep. Minimum of two sugars. So if you're looking at literal <laughs> tea time, that is all the time. But if you're talking about tea time as in dinner time, which is what we refer to it as, then yeah, that's what it is. However, my wife is from the north of England and tea time to them is lunchtime. So like between 12 and 2. Yeah. So when you would have lunch, that is tea time. Yeah. Which can be quite confusing. However, we live in the Midlands so we go by the Midland way. And I think in the south it's more... I think it's more of a mix. 
Yeah, either tea or dinner. Mm. Yeah. Dinner or tea. It's both the same time. It's like yeah. 6 p.m. evening meal. Yeah, so I hope that yeah. clears that question up. Next! Oh, well, this is a second part to that question. Do you like coffee or tea more, and what do you put in it? Mm. So, me, personally, I prefer coffee over tea. I love coffee. Um, yeah, nowadays. Yeah, but... Yeah, I never used to. It became an acquired taste over the years as I got older, having a brew. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I have coffee generally, but I will accept a tea, and I do like a cup of tea. Every now and again, like on a cold winter's night, a cup yeah. of tea. So it's the same. Mm. Two sugars, tea bag, boiling water, let it stew a bit, give it a stir, mm. add some milk with the tea bag still in, get to desired colour... Take the tea bag out, chuck that away, mm. give it a stir. Robert's your mother's brother, all fine and dandy. <laughs> yeah. There you go, that's a cup of tea, perfect cup of tea. Um, a good way to know when your tea is at a good brew strength by the colour is, is does the colour of the tea match the skin tone of He-Man? Yes. That's when it's... He-Man is the perfect tone yeah. uh, to have your cup of tea. Just think of He-Man's sweet, sweet abs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what your cup of tea should yeah. look like. Uh, when it comes to coffee, just coffee granules and boiling water yeah. and sugar coffee. and then the milk. Yeah. See, um, I'm a bit different. So I do prefer coffee to tea. Won't turn down a cup of tea, but I would prefer a coffee. Um, yeah. In our house, we're a bit of coffee snobs. So we don't Ooh. have instant. Uh, we have beans... So you have oh, to grind the beans, bean guy. and then we've got like an espresso maker. You put the effort in. So I'm, I'm not Yeah, that it's such a faff. So we end up with lattes most of the time. The most that I, <laughs> the closest I come to <coughs> grinding my own beans is using my Tassimo machine. Mm. I know my, <laughs> <laughs> my Dolce Gusto, I think it is. Not the Tassimo. Yeah. Yeah. And the taste is better than instant. Like, oh yeah there's definitely a difference but yeah, yeah the effort like ours is like barista style like you have the thing that you you clip onto the machine yeah pours the hot water through comes out in two little streams like, it is be... such a faff it does take literally like five minutes to make a cup of coffee if i could be asked to put in the effort then i would prefer that over mm, yeah. anything but yeah. and we yeah. steam the milk as well do you yeah uh, we've, got, we've got a steamer that's attached to the machine so Ooh. Literally the, the whole shebang. Check it's such a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have full fat milk. My partner has um, oat milk, the barista edition. Um, Can't milk an oat. <laughs> you can <laughs> drip by drip. Um, yeah, and we've just got some coffee syrups as well. So we're currently enjoying. Uh, we've got a white chocolate one and a hazelnut one. It's nice. Yeah, I swear I've. Uh become a coffee convert by the way uh for your listeners Kempin is suffering uh from a sore throat from sucking up too many hobos (laughs) (laughs) yeah keep telling you stop swallowing Uh, (laughs) oh yeah um i become a coffee convert uh used to drink tea all the time but yeah nowadays every day uh, at least two three coffees it's almost an, an addiction. Yeah. And every time, milk, two sugars, freeze-dried coffee, put it to the top, stir, neck it, pretty much. 
Neck it. Oh, not neck it, no, because that, <laughs> that would probably make oh, my throat how it is. <laughs> oh, sorry, my trousers rocked up. <laughs> wonder why the table was tilting. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys, over at the Blue Finger Podcast. Now let's get back to the show. talking about that stuff that's all right I, i'll <laughs> cut that stuff out man yeah so and in some of the stories too that you told like i mean you can uh you know that were a little you personal can, you can play whatever you want i don't care you know uh i i didn't say nothing that incriminated anybody i don't think and okay. besides mavis i mean mavis getting you know green shit on his dick yeah i could tell i could tell you that what i told Oh yeah, I gotta tell this story. Okay, <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell these stories. This again, one of the rules you're not supposed to tell. Okay, this you, this kind of story, but this one's okay because I've already told a huge crowd of people. Okay, so this one could be on. This one could be yes. on the podcast. All, All right. right. So, <laughs> Mavis Mavis is a pimp on tour. Okay, uh-huh. he, he'd been living in a van for two years. You know, like a beach. You know, he didn't in so no shower. A beach not down by the river. Got it. Yes, yeah, and that's true. He was definitely that. You know, he'd go to like a church uh, to get coffee and donuts, you know, and that, he was just not getting a job and wait until we got a record deal. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. It worked. So now he's a pimp, like every girl he can get, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and so we're having a party on the bus and you got a front section and you have a back section. And in between is the bunks. So and I have a video camera now. OK. I bought the best video camera money could buy. And I'm videotaping our party. Down the, I'm in the back party room. Then there's the front party room. And I need to, I, I'm heading to the front party room. And I open the door. And there's Mavis, butt ass naked, with legs coming out of the top bunk wrapped around his head. And he's, huh. standing, in the, he's standing in the hall of the bus. Uh-huh. You know? And these legs are just coming out of the bunk. And they're wrapped around his fucking head. And and his dick is curled, curled like a banana. Okay, boing. And Mavis tries to interrupt when I tell the story. And my dick's not crooked. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Yeah, I saw it. It was so hard that it was. You had like scoliosis of the dick, dude. <laughs> and and he's like, no, Hannah, it's not crooked. My dick's not crooked. I'm like, yes, it is. I have it on videotape. And so what happens? I'm like, oh my god, Mave. And he lifts up one of the legs and he just stares at me and he makes this smile that is so funny, but he makes, he, he smacks his lips. Uh-huh. And, uh, but it's the look on his face that is to die for. That was the funniest shit. Yeah. And then he puts the leg back down over his face. <laughs> <laughs> but I told a whole, his farewell or going away party. I told that story and I imitated him and I do a pretty good Mavis imitation and I could do his face. So, I killed that night. I, I had all these stories. And it was all his best friends. It was like 50 people, maybe more. And I, I basically told stories I wasn't supposed to tell. And he was so embarrassed. But, I mean, he, I got away with it. And he's, he did interrupt me a couple times trying to tell everybody his dick's not crooked. But it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's got green shit. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing about being in a band for so many years. You've seen everybody's dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just you have. You know, it's not a gay thing. It's like, hey, nice dick, thank you. You like my watch? And they wraps his dick around his wrist. Oh, thanks. 
you know yeah. that kind of gotcha it's yeah lots of tricks. it's like jackass yeah of. yeah actually a lot like jackass you know we even cole's on the first corn tour with them uh they'd pay him like 40 60 bucks to uh get naked and run down the street <laughs> and we were in chicago it's freezing or someplace like that it was ice everywhere and they paid him 60 bucks to stick his dick to a frozen pole. Oh, my God. And it's stuck. The thing stuck to the oh, pole. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. He, we have a whole uh, portfolio, uh, like a picture binder uh-huh. of cold, naked across America. So everybody had to do a nude in some public place. And Chris did it everywhere. They got me when I had hepatitis, so I was yellow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm in a bouncy castle. <laughs> I'm bouncing, and I'm all yellow and naked. Oh, it's horrifying. Yeah, Coles is like everywhere. He's like, he's on one of them green dinosaurs at the Sinclair gas station. Uh-huh. He's completely naked. He's in a uh, subway next to a, a ad on the window. It said uh, six six inch flicker ruler, but it, the L and the I were too close together, and it looked like fucker ruler. And I have a picture of that, and Cole's completely naked with a six-inch fucker ruler on the window at Subway. Yeah. Uh, he was in, like, fields of corn uh, in, like, Ohio or someplace like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Iowa. You know, everywhere we went, he had to take a naked picture. So the entire <laughs> portfolio is naked across America. And, uh, Should be a coffee so, table book, man. No, you know. Dude, you could totally sell it. It'd make money. <laughs> It's funny shit, too. Okay, so what I wanted to ask, though, like, uh, and, I mean, maybe this could be, like, the uh, the, the end uh, the end of the questions and, and maybe the end of the podcast here pretty soon, but um, what kind of led to the downfall of the band? And I know that you played in bands after, after Videodrone slash Cradle of Thorns, but... Um, I know that that was your big band and then I know you guys are all out touring and, and, and all that stuff. And like, how long were you guys touring with Corn and Rob Zombie and doing these big shows? And then how long after that was going on that you guys just kind of like, like just, uh, it fell apart. It, and what was, it was uh, another year later, I think, okay. uh, cause uh, we toured with orgy and then with machine head, we were supposed to go out with Godsmack, but, uh, and filter, Okay, and uh, that's when it, things started going wrong because uh, Ty had said something that wasn't true to Orgy's tour manager, and that guy just had to be Filter's tour manager. So we had the Filter tour. We got it, okay. And the same day we got kicked off of it. Oh wow! So like, you got the Filter tour? Yeah, fuck yeah! And then two hours later, ah, they just kicked you off. Shit. <laughs> Oh, because Ty said something uh, that he shouldn't have said that wasn't even true. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that tour manager didn't, I guess he didn't like Ty. So he got in the way and screwed that up for us. And then uh, Godsmack <clears throat> were blowing up. They're getting huge. And we were supposed to be the opening band, but uh, Ty wanted to take a break, get married. And so he did that. And so we gave up that tour for uh, him to get married to a chick that he got divorced to. So it's like, yeah. We all make mistakes. Yeah. The biggest mistake there was you can't stop. Yeah. 
like corn proved it corn toured for like three years straight you know non-stop just kept going kept going kept going you know stop making album go again and yeah. that's how that's how you get huge you know huge you just don't stop if you take breaks you know for loved ones and family you might as well just quit like uh, I, I hear 21 pilots are going to retire you know because they're huge right now mm-hmm. but he just had a kid and he wants to retire to raise his kid yeah you know which they've made enough money now they're, they're massive huge uh he could he could probably live on that the rest of his life you know or at least uh wait till the kid's old enough to where he can start playing again you know but that tripped me out it's like well you got to give up something man it's like if you really want to make it huge like really make it you you got to give up all those little life perks or what the normal life of you know that people live yeah you know career or school a, a, a girlfriend a wife you know uh you can have a dog but somebody's gonna have to watch it <laughs> <laughs> and mine got stolen so why, yeah when i was on tour this crazy fan stole my dog so yeah. okay so basically you guys stopped playing because the lead singer wanted to focus on family for a little bit he just wanted to get married and then oh, we, okay. we needed a month to do that, I guess. And that, that when we went back out right after that, it just, uh, that was a big tour that we shouldn't have passed on. Yeah. Uh, then, then we got the filter tour and that's when we, that got screwed up. And, uh, it was just like, Oh, that's not good, man. What are you doing? He, he said, he'd just get really fucked up and say fucked up shit to people. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he's having a hard time. I think, uh, and he knows it, you know, that he was, and he's totally straightened up, yeah. you know, he's a different person now, but, uh, and Coles knew what was going on and nobody else knew. I, I was completely blind to the whole thing. I, yeah. I didn't even know because I didn't care. I was just like, you guys handle the business. I'm just going to do the music and the art. La 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 la. That's all I want to do. Don't bother me, you know? And, uh, so I didn't know what was going on and, uh, Coles was the only one who had a clue, and he, he was, like, trying to talk us into kicking Ty out and getting a different singer. I said, you can't change the singer, dude. You can't do that. I mean, at all. You just can't do that. You know, it doesn't work. And I guess it does work for some bands, but I don't know. I, I wasn't around when they switched singers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's usually because one of them died, you know? Yeah. But, uh yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I, I stood by. I stood by Ty. I, I don't betray anybody. You know, I'm loyal. Yeah. yeah. And then so Cole's. Uh, he he basically joined Edema and he bailed on us, and uh, so that was it. You know, it's like we lost our drummer. Uh, and then our singer didn't want to do it anymore, and uh, so it was just me, and Mavis, uh, and that was it. Me and Mavis were left, and we tried to form another band. And it was a really good band. It was a great lineup. And then that fell apart because of, uh, like, they went to Europe for a month and my girlfriend dumped me. And I just went off the deep end after that. I just felt like I lost everything. So the, everything just fell apart. Yeah. And, uh, so it was just terrible. It was actually the lowest point in my life. I was just shocked. Like, I can't believe I got this far. And now it's just over like that. Yeah. You know, unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I jumped back pretty fast, though, you know, and had a couple bands after that. And uh, 
you know, throat shot was really good. We had a good shot. We had a real good shot at things. And, and then that fell apart because of, uh, of religious reasons. And, uh, now the singer has a, a church of his own. So oh, wow. he's a, yeah, he has a pastor now. And, uh, which is good. That's, he's a good guy. You know, he helps people. You know, That's good. never, you never would have known it if, if judging throat shot, you never would have known it. He, he literally, <laughs> he changed, you know, but, uh, and that band was good. That band was really good for that kind of music. So, um, uh, I guess one last thing that I want to talk about is the influence that you feel that your band had. Because I know, I know, Corn is kind of known for starting like the new metal, right? As far as yeah. like making it a, a, a well, a, they they thing. they're known for that because they they used a guitar that nobody had anymore. And they brought they they make the seven string now because of corn. Yeah, and, Dude, but they, I, they, that's what the, really is the signature sound of that style. Mm-hmm. Which my band did not do that. Okay, we didn't. We we tuned normal. They tuned down to like A and G or something like that. Okay, but we that's what the the new metal thing is technically. Uh, but I mean, if you, I think it's a more of a hybrid sound, kind of like uh, Lincoln Park. You know, it's a, a little hip hop, a little rap, uh, punk, a little industrial, a little, you know, metal. Mix that all together. You got it. So it's like a super group. You got Depeche Mode. You got fucking Alice in Chains. And then you got Sex Pistols. You know what I mean? Yeah. And put that together. You got new metal. You okay. got to have a rap. You got to have a rapper, though. And it just sort of changed. Once Corn made it so big, it just became that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's tuned down. You got to have dread, a dreadlock guy in the band, at least one. Yeah. You know, and luckily we had me. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that was even before that. Though, you know, I know. Like, now, if you look at the the new metal pages, like uh, I that kid I was telling you about the new metal for life. Yeah. Uh, you look at the all the bands on there, and it's like I swear I saw my band. Oh no, that's not my band. You know, they got a guy with Ty's haircut. They got a guy. They got a dreadlock guy. Uh, they got a short hair, bleached out, spiky-haired guy. You know, and the dreadlocks. We gotta have a dreadlock guy. They mm-hmm. all have a dreadlock guy. And uh, but I mean, that's that's the the style, I guess. You know, uh, the clothing and the look go right along with the music, and the music's usually hip hop metal. You know, do you like Limp- like Limp Biscuit? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that you're, I mean, would you even say that you guys are like new metal? No, I wouldn't. I don't, yeah, but, I don't think so either. No, but, but we, for some we, reason we, you get you get lumped into it. Yeah, but and and all the new metal people usually say no, they're not really new metal. Yeah. But we were there, we were we were there helping it become new metal. You know, it's like yeah. we and Corn definitely had a good fit together. Especially, uh, like on our second album when we were heavier, mm-hmm. you know, that fit right in. It's like Video Drone was not as heavy as that. It was darker, but it wasn't. As, it wasn't as heavy as what we were doing. And Ty rapped a lot, and he didn't rap on on the Video Drone album, and uh, that kind of sucked. I wish he would have rapped because yeah. that, that year, the the white rapping metal guy <laughs> blew up. Yeah, and that was the year for that. You know, Limp Biscuit all of a sudden comes out and it's huge at their second album, you know, with the the Nookie or whatever it was. Yeah, you know, 
like the chainsaw, <laughs> all that, all that shit. Uh, which is good, you know. It was good. It was popular, you know. Yeah. And the point is, is that he was rapping, and we were told that we shouldn't do that. You know, it's like, yeah, you shouldn't. You know, Ty doesn't need to rap. Actually, he was a really good rapper, and his lyrics are amazing. It probably would have been cool if he did. I think it w- we would have been even bigger, you know. But whatever. We were definitely on the uh, always the first surfer on the wave and never got the big wave. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, which is fine. I mean, we, we'll go down in a little bit of history. Like we're in a couple books, you know, <laughs> a yeah. couple movies, you know, we're in the Gothic Bible or whatever it's called, the goth rock Bible. Yeah. You know, there's a chapter on us and it calls us probably one of the most underrated bands in the whole scene, which is pretty cool. That's yeah. A, that's a compliment. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, that's kind of what we are. Uh, like when I started this new thing, I got on Facebook and started doing Facebook live and shit like that. And all these guys and like bands and stuff started uh, messaging me. And I actually felt like I was a uh, like respected musician for a change. You know, it's like keyboard guy. Never. Nobody respects the keyboard guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Cause that, that thing was, was the band right there. That, that, the sampler. Yeah. That thing, yeah, without the sampler, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even be able to play. It was, you wouldn't even recognize the song. Yeah. You know, so I, that, that instrument, I had to get the right, I had to have the sounds loaded right on time. And I got good at it too. Cause you had to have a little bit of time for the sounds to load. And I, I'd have, I'd be playing the song and I'd be loading the next song as I'm playing the song. I'm, it was tricky i got good at it though. yeah well, it's, and like <laughs> excuse me um and the thing like when i watched you guys play i remember the feeling that i had i'm like why why do they need a keyboard player right <laughs> now first of all i'm not a musically inclined person right and my hearing isn't the best so you know i don't i'm like i don't know what he's bringing to the table but then like as I got older and kind of like uh, thought about it, um, and especially like with your guys' music, um, and like what we said earlier, like it was the you you would play like the ambiance, right? Like you kind of like would be like the mood. You set the yeah, mood I, I for the music. The, yeah, I, I set the mood and I changed the mood. Yeah, I, I I really altered what each song would be like, you know. And and with video drum, our guitars sounded like keyboards, and so I started getting heavier sounds to see like the guitars. So we kind of almost switched roles on certain songs where I'd be the heavy guitars and mm-hmm. he's like the pretty keyboard. <laughs> that happened yeah. twice. Oh really? A couple of, yeah. The heaviest songs we had, I was playing the heavy guitars on the keyboards and he was playing the pretty guitar. Uh, it sounded like a keyboard. Gotcha. You know, it sounded like strings. Yeah. yeah. So uh, now the uh, video drum was very keyboard heavy, like where our drums uh, he he was doing like uh, he had uh, a V drum kit and he had a sampler where he'd trigger loops and he played to his loops, so that's all like keyboard shit. So the drums and me and the guitar were all synthesized. So it was very keyboard oriented, uh, very tricky, not easy to pull off live. That was really hard, uh, but we did do it. It just it I'd say about a week into the tour we finally got it. You know, uh, some of the songs are real hard to play. Let's go ahead and wrap this up and go ahead and 
promote your your new music and your new YouTube uh, one more time. Yes, Dinosaur Day, like Dinosaur God, Deus, D-E-U-S, Dinosaur, D-E-U-S, Dinosaur Deus. And uh, I don't know, uh, it was just a lyric in one of my rap songs that was a joke. And he says, Dinosaur Deus. And I thought it was cool, so I had called it that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, dude, this has been good because I've enjoyed... Was- I've enjoyed talking to you about it. I think that you did, uh, you, you talked about what I wanted to talk about. And that was just like what it's like to kind of be on the road. And then what it's like to, to get, to to be in a band that kind of, I don't know, the rise and fall of a band. And also, yeah. And I didn't even, I left the best part out. Uh, The, the cliche joke that Spinal Tap set up, and we actually went out like that. What, you with know? A, a miniature Stonehenge set? No, worse. Okay. Uh, uh, our final show was a fucking bar mitzvah. Oh, my God. For $20,000. What? Yeah, we played for 30 minutes for $20,000. That's a lot of money for a bar mitzvah, though. Oh, yeah, the guy who invented... Uh, gotcha. Shorts. Gotcha. You heard the surf outfits from oh, the shit. 80s. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was a way to literally, that is almost insulting because it was like set up through Korn's wife, uh, oh. Fieldy's wife. Yeah. And I don't know if it was done on purpose to say, well, uh, you know, that's how bands are supposed to end. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they say it in movies all the time as a joke. Yeah. And that really happened. Yeah. Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if and, gonna... oh, we, we had to let the kid uh, learn one song and he played bass on one song with us. Really? Yep. God. 12 year old. And that was our final show. So, I don't know. Yeah. Bar mitzvah. A bar mitzvah. Way to go out, man. <laughs> yeah, it was the most money we've ever made for one show. <laughs> Holy shit. Even when you were touring, like big tours? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 20 grand dude 20 grand's a lot yeah i know for, yeah dude, and they, they wanted to hire the red hot chili peppers so you were pl- you were like option b yes yes we were like a lot cheaper yeah <laughs> of course yeah it'd be like half a million or a million you know what i mean uh, hey let's go ahead and wrap this up sounds good oh i yeah. thought we already did. nah no nah, i'm kind of uh-huh. yeah we're gonna wrap it wrap it up and wrap um it, it. yeah wrap it well, and, thank you very much there, Doc. Yeah, thank you. And and I want to thank everybody for listening. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was informative. <laughs> and, uh, and also, uh, you got some wild stories. And uh, maybe one of these days we'll be able to hear some of the more wild stories oh, that, I got you're not, that you're not allowed to talk oh, about. I can, I can talk about some of them. I yeah. told you I went and gave in. I gave you the crooked dick. <laughs> well, yeah, you might have to get approval for some of the other ones. So, yeah, you know, well, uh, but we're 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 cool with uh, hearing some some wild more wild stories and yeah. Anytime you want me to, you need somebody on here, I'll gladly do it. If you need somebody to be something, I'll be that. Like, oh, we're gonna interview the you know hobo ha Todd hobo Todd. Oh, you're, you're going to be Hobo Todd? 
Bobby Hobo Todd. All right. And I always Sounds can find me at Fast Trip, the one yeah. on me. <laughs> yeah. I do. I honestly, man, like 